Hello and welcome to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. My name is JP Morris, and today we have an interview hosted by SoCal 350 co founder Jessica Aldridge. She'll be talking to Jose Ramirez of St. Francis Center and Claire Fox of Los Angeles Food Policy Council. But first, a little announcement by SoCal 350 co founder Jack Eide. Hi, this is Jack Ide from SoCal 350 and EcoJustice Radio, and I wanted to tell you about a screening that SoCal 350 is hosting on June 14th at Harmony Gold in Hollywood, a film called Yasuni Man. It's, uh, it's, a, it's about a guy who went down to the Amazon. Uh, he's a biologist to study one of the most biodiverse places on Earth, uh, the Yasuni National Park, which is also threatened by major oil development. And he started making a film. He connected with the Warani people and really got, got down with the Warani people. He really connected, and he made the film at least part of it from within their community and this is uh, these are people who are willfully cut off from society there's no roads there's no electricity so it's really an exquisite film uh, that is being featured so that's on June 14th at Harmony Gold uh, in Hollywood and there's going to be a number of movement leaders there to talk about the connections between California because 70% of, of this Amazonian crude comes into California. It comes in to the El Segundo refinery, in fact, down there, there on the beach right next to Manhattan Beach. And uh, so we are connected and Jerry Brown can do something about it. And a lot of us at SoCal 350 are working towards this San Francisco summit, which is going to be, it's a global climate summit happening in September. And we're saying to Jerry Brown, hey, look, we need to stop drilling. We need to keep it in the ground if we're going to protect the environment, if we're going to protect, if we're going to stop these super storms that are destroying places, that are flooding the heat waves, etc. So um, it's a great film. As I said, June 14th in Hollywood, SoCal350.org for more information. Please check it out. Thanks, Jack. And now our interview with Jose Ramirez and Claire Fox. Executive Director Jose Ramirez is a graduate of the University of California, Santa Barbara. He joined St. Francis Center team in 2010 as a chief operating officer, and his leadership has been instrumental in getting many homeless and extremely low-income individuals on healthier and more stable paths. And Claire Fox has served as executive director of Los Angeles Food Policy Council since 2015. In the role, she supports and collaborates with a large network of public, private, nonprofit, and community leaders to catalyze policy and system change for sustainable and fair food systems. Claire joined the staff of LA Food Policy Council in 2011, eventually serving as the director of policy and innovation. Since then, she has led numerous programs and legislative wins leading to improved access to healthy food food for low-income residents, improved conditions for food workers, and improved coordination among food agencies and stakeholders. You're listening to Eco-Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. Hello, you are listening to Eco-Justice Radio on 90.7 KPFK, this is Jessica Aldrich. Today we are going to discuss food waste prevention, rescue, and an issue that affects 1.5 million Angelinos, food insecurity. Wasted food is a social, environmental, and economic issue. 
When we address the issues of hunger and food access, we are also addressing environmental sustainability, good jobs, thriving urban farms, and community. Each year, up to 40% of the food in the United States never gets eaten. That equals $218 billion lost, which includes the cost of food wasted on the consumer level, retail, wasted water, energy, fertilizers, cropland, and production costs. Growing food accounts for 10% of the total energy budget, 50% of U.S. land use, and 80% of fresh water consumed. Now, organics, including food waste, then makes it to our landfills. It's the largest source of waste in our landfills, accounting for 35% of the waste created in Los Angeles. And almost half of that, 14%, is wasted food. According to the California Air Resource Board, landfills are the second largest anthropogenic source of methane in California. When the organic portion decomposes, it creates a landfill gas that contains approximately between 40 to 60% methane. If food waste were a country, it would be the world's third largest emitter of greenhouse gas emissions. All of this is taking place while one in six Americans lack a secure food supply. There are 1.5 million food insecure Angelinos, the largest in the nation, and 16% of Angelinos don't even know where they're going to get their next meal. So shouldn't we be feeding people and not landfills? Our guests today are helping to lead efforts in Los Angeles that are building healthier food environments, improving the sustainability of our regional food economy, and are working to make good food accessible to everyone, all while building resilient communities. I'm excited to welcome our guest today. Today we have Claire Fox, Executive Director of LA Food Policy Council, and Jose Ramirez, Executive Director of the nonprofit and food recovery agency, St. Francis Center. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. This is going to be a great conversation. I'm excited. Of course. So, Claire, I want to start with you. What is a food policy council? What is the purpose? Because I know it's not just a local Los Angeles thing, right? That's right. There are over 300 food policy councils across North America, and they're all very, very different. But there's one commonality among all of them, which is to bring together diverse communities and diverse stakeholders from across the entire food supply chain. So from farming to distribution to retail to communities and look at all of the various challenges and opportunities that we have around food. So the purpose of a food policy council is to really create connection where there's been disconnect and to get a 360 view on our entire food system and connect the dots between issues of hunger, food access, and the environment, as you so eloquently set up for us. So food policy councils are designed to do that, to bring people together in new ways, to create new partnerships, um, so that when we're coming up with policy ideas, they're holistic in nature. And what is specifically the LA Food Policy Council working on? The LA Food Policy Council, our mission is to make food healthy, affordable, sustainable, and fair for all Angelinos. And so we take each of those values very seriously and have an entire policy body of work um, 
related to each one of them. So in the category of healthy and affordable, we've worked on expanding food stamps at farmers markets. We've worked on expanding access to healthy food in low-income communities, in communities of color, by partnering with small businesses and empowering them to bring good food to communities. And then we've worked with um, Jose, for example, on issues of food waste, um, looking at everything from food waste prevention to um, composting to food recovery. And there's this concept of, you, you talk about the food system, and this sounds like all part of the food system. And there's this word called a food shed, which is, yes, the downstream system, but what's also upstream? What, what exactly is a food shed, and how does that relate holistically back to the social and environmental costs, especially given that we are wasting 40% of our food and filling up 35% of our landfills with organics? That's exactly right. And the thing about food that's so incredible is that there's so many sectors, industries, companies, human beings that make food possible in our lives. And we don't see a lot of that. So when we talk about our food shed, which is a little bit of a wonky term, but I think a really helpful one, what we're talking about is the region from which our food comes and all of the different hands that the food passes through before it lands on our plates. And then even once it leaves our plates, where it goes from there. So when we talk about a food system or a food shed, what we're thinking about is the life cycle of food um, and how we make sure that we're achieving more sustainability and more equity every step of the way. So from agriculture to consumers to uh, the waste industry. So our food shed, the way we think about it locally, is essentially the 10-county region around Los Angeles. That's what we would call our local food shed. And so um, even though our food system is very global in nature, since we're interested in investing in our local economy and local communities, we want to really think about um, Los Angeles County, but also the 10-county region around us where a lot of our food is grown, where we actually grow food for the entire nation. And a lot of people don't I think when we go to the grocery store and we buy some food or we even go to the farmer's market and we're picking up in the farmer's market, you get a little bit more of that connection with who maybe grew your food. But it, I really see that we just have this disconnected relationship when it comes to our food. And in that, it's, it's correlated to all these social issues that, that come with, with the fact that we do have so many people who are food insecure, because I think a lot of us are just buying this food and then we're, we're throwing it away. It's like, oh, it went bad in our fridge. That's all right. I can go and buy it again. And But the, the, there's so many people who can't do that. So, you know, we've had conversations before in regards to this disconnect. What Can you speak to that a little bit further? Sure. I mean, case in point, farm workers and food workers as a category of workers experience higher levels of hunger and food insecurity and rely more on food stamps than any other class of worker. So what we're talking about is literally the people who make food possible in our lives need more support and struggle to feed their own families, which is indicative so much of a broken system. And when we throw food away, we're throwing away all of that labor and effort that went into growing it, into packaging it, into shipping it, into serving it to us, at you know, serving us in restaurants, for example. And we're also throwing away all of the Earth's resources that went into that food, the sunlight, the sun power, the water, the soil, um, and like I said, the people power. So all of that energy um, is captured in the food that we eat. And so when we waste that, we're literally throwing all of that away. You know, here in, in Southern California, we have a great sensitivity, most of us, to water use. We don't think about all the water that goes into growing our food. And so um, 
to your point, I think it's so important that, and the invitation that food provides us is to connect those dots and to remember our fundamental connection to each other and to the earth. And when we come into right relationship with food, we remember that. That's that's the power of food. And I think people who are really involved in the food justice movement and the food movement um, are all about relationship. It's a very relational movement um, for that reason. Yeah. And, and Jose, you've been doing a lot of work really building that community relationship. You know, there's there's so much edible and nutritious food that's just simply being tossed out. And I know the three of us sitting here is like, oh, my gosh, that hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the same time, we have this serious issue with food insecurity and, and, and homelessness. Mm-hmm. And we have a crisis, right. a homeless crisis, uh, crisis issue happening here in Los Angeles. So, so can you speak, Jose, to what St. Francis Center is doing to really shift our relationship and perspective with food and redefine food donation as a way that really builds community and addresses these issues? Yeah, well, you know, our organization has been a staple in Los Angeles for over 45 years, providing uh, much-needed programs and services for homeless and near-homeless families and individuals. Uh, we really rely on food rescue to to do uh, to really really to be able to uh, facilitate a lot of our, our food programming, from our served meals uh, to our senior program, uh, food pantries for families in the local community. Uh, such a huge need, huge need, and you know, it's it's a shame that so much food goes to waste in our communities. Um, there's so much of it, and there's really no reason why anybody should be going hungry, and so. Uh, we're really trying to play our part in um, helping to minimize the food that goes to landfills, uh, take that excess food that we rescue from food partners in the local community, and utilize that to create meals for our homeless community, our seniors, and our families, uh, and really connect people. I think, you know, food, we forget food is this powerful force that can really uh, bring communities together, cultures together, um, allows us to kind of embrace our diversity, to break bread and have a meal together. And, you know, when we're talking about the homeless crisis, I mean, you know, the immediate needs that we all have as human beings, first and foremost, is to have something to eat, to have access to health care, um, to a good shower and hygiene. Yes. You know, it's hard to have those broader conversations of housing and stability and employment um, when folks are out there hungry or haven't showered in a week. And so food has really provided this opportunity for us not only to feed our community, but also to serve as a connecting point for other resources and ways that we can help you know, our guests in our community. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, when they... they they feel good, right? You know, there's these, they feel good when they donate food. There's these uh, things that happen around, you know, donation events that happen around the holidays and things of that nature. But I think people don't really understand the the, the broader um, repercussions that are happening. And I don't think they understand that, you know, the, the benefit of donating food happens at the point, it, it doesn't, doesn't stop at the point of donation. The moment that you hand over food to be donated, the moment a business decides that they want to participate in what's called food recovery, that is just when all of it starts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what's unique for, for most folks who donate or on the other end, if you're donating food, that's kind of the end point for you, right? Like, I've donated the food. Yeah. Great. You know, I did, I did my part. Um, but for us, when we receive the food, that's kind of the, the starting point for us in terms of, one, being able to feed those who are hungry. But also it's the starting point of connecting those folks um, with other resources and things that we can do. And so it's not just about serving the food, but that's the starting point and kind of the catalyst for us to to engage our community and be a part of what we do and also connect with what they're going through and how we can better support them. Exactly. Um, so when a business or a person comes to you and they, they want to donate food, 
um, what are some of those barriers to entry that you see? Because I, I imagine that usually businesses are like, that's a really great idea, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to get sued. I, I, it's not policy. Mm-hmm. Um, what, but there are state and federal regulations that are in place that actually protect the donors. What are some of those misconceptions that you encounter, and how do you work with hesitant businesses? Yeah, well, that was, uh, I think, a, a huge lack of communication and education on that front because, for the most part, um, those who want to donate food in good faith are protected by federal and state law, and, and these you know, policies have been in place since the 90s. What is that law called? The Good Samaritan Act, the Bo Emerson Good Samaritan Act. And so it really um, protects um, businesses and folks who want to donate food, entities um, from donating food as long as it's done in good faith. Um, they're protected against any liability. And so, you know, it's there's so much food. I feel like now we're getting a lot more traction uh, with businesses getting on board. Uh, it is a hard conversation to have. At least that felt like it was. And now I feel like it's beginning to be an easier conversation to have, which is a good thing. Um, you know, there are a lot of forces behind that in the work that we're doing. Obviously, the LA Food Policy Council playing a role in that as well and just bringing visibility to the, to the issue. Um, but also, you know, when, once we can begin to highlight stores that, like, that we connect with already, like Target and Trader Joe's and Costco um, and, you you know, all these markets that are getting involved, you put those names out there and, oh, then they begin to understand like, oh, okay, well, if they're donating, they're engaged, then it must be okay. So um, so it's really allowed us to really build a lot of great new partnerships. I mean, just over the last less than a year, we've been able to rescue an additional 400,000 pounds of food uh, this year. We're on pace to probably rescue more than ever before, which is going to allow us to serve more in our, our community uh, than ever before as well. That's fantastic. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to EcoJustice Radio on 90.7 KPFK. We are here today with Claire Fox of the LA Food Policy Council and Jose Ramirez of St. Francis Center. So we're talking about food um, food waste prevention. We're talking about food insecurity. We're talking about food recovery. There are some upcoming state laws or laws that have been passed regarding organics recycling and food recovery, AB 1826, SB 1383. And I want to get an idea. I know both of you are working with the city of Los Angeles to expand what their efforts have been to to um, embrace food recovery. What is the city of Los Angeles Sanitation Department helping to do to tackle this issue? Well, over the last couple of years, the city of Los Angeles has worked to reform the way that it handles waste management overall, big picture, and they moved to an exclusive franchise system. Part of that that Jose and I have worked on is facilitating partnerships between uh, waste hauling companies and food recovery organizations like St. Francis. So we have this incredible nonprofit infrastructure of organizations that are doing backyard gleaning and picking up produce from farmers markets when it's left over at the end of the day or picking up produce at the produce terminal market that's not going to go to a retailer. Um, Organizations like Food Forward and Food Finders, among many others, have been doing this work for a very long time. So the idea was, how can we better connect uh, the people who are dealing with uh, residents and with businesses across the city and picking up trash, the waste hauling companies, to these food recovery organizations so that the word is getting out that the opportunity is there to donate food. I I would say the Department of Public Health has also played its own role in sort of demystifying um, the concerns about liability and educating industry partners about the opportunity and the protections that are in place for donating food. And so what we've seen now is that we've got, you know, sort of multiple fronts of communication now going to food businesses like restaurants, uh, banquet halls, um, 
hotels letting folks know, hey, before you throw away that perfectly edible food, connect with St. Francis, connect with food finders um, so that this can get to somewhere where it's really needed. So um, as Jose was referencing, food recovery is massively up. I mean, we're looking at an additional over one million pounds of produce that's been rescued just in the last year because of this new uh, waste recycling program that the city has launched. So it's, it's been a really successful initiative. And Jose, that's actually helped you at St. Francis Center as well, right? You're looking potentially at expanding. You're doing some uh, a really cool program that I would actually love for you to speak about. It's like satellite locations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Recycle has been a huge support for us to be able to build capacity, uh, do more in our community. Uh, I, you know, with the expansion now too, we're getting so much food. As I mentioned earlier, we rescued an additional four hundred thousand pounds of food in just the last uh, you know ten months or so. Um, with that additional food, we're now able to expand to satellite locations. So we do an on-site sal- uh, pantry at our center uh, four days a week, and then we have two satellite sites off-site. And so now we just recently expanded last month uh, LA Trade Tech. We're there every Tuesday uh, helping students there uh, at LA Trade Tech who are food insecure, helping them um, just have a little bit of extra food in, in, their, in their cupboard, in their fridges. And so it's a huge uh, resource for that community. Um, just in talking with the president, we were uh, having a conversation about how, you know, he was saying they recently did a survey and they found that about 60% of their student body is food insecure. Isn't that across sort of the board for a lot of college students, UCLA, USC, they've all been looking at this and and, and Mm -hmm. showing that there, there is a large uh, student population that is truly food insecure. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it more and more. And, you know, now we're seeing, obviously, we're able to expand and do things with LA Trade Tech. We're working with USC to help some of those students there. There's other schools and universities, institutions. Uh, I feel like every school, you're talking from grade school to middle school, high school, college, community college, we should have a food pantry in all those uh, locations and really give access to uh, students in those communities. There's no reason why, if you're pursuing higher education, you should be worrying about going hungry, especially with the excess food that we have in our communities. And and if you're pursuing higher education, you're not going to be able to pursue that higher education if you can't think properly, if you can't perform right, right. properly, right? Uh, so LA is doing their thing. What what are other solutions that we as a community can do to support or take part in, or even push that conversation upstream? And like, why is the system broken? Like, maybe Claire, you can speak to that. Where, where are we faltering upstream? And Jose, maybe you know, what can we do in the community in order to expand, you know, ex- expand support? Well, uh, to speak to the upstream question and why we see waste all along the food supply chain, because it's not just at the level of um, the consumer community, but it starts at the farm level. And really, every step of the way, there's waste. So that statistic that 40% of food that's grown in the country is wasted, that's an aggregate of, you know, it's like we grew it, but then between the farm and our plate and beyond, 40% of it is is getting trashed. Um, there's a lot of really complex reasons, but one is uh, market demand. And, you know, food, it's such a basic human right. It's so essential for life, but it's really been consumed entirely by the market economy. So we we don't think of it as a public good anymore. Like we think about public education or public transportation. We don't talk about public food. Um, and yet it truly is. And the way that market forces have worked to date is there's um, a high priority on aesthetics, the, the quality of the food itself. And so I think consumer trends like the ugly food movement, um, where people are saying, well, hold 
hold on. You know, it, it's imperfect on the outside, but it's still entirely nutritious and delicious. Um, and of course, that's been going on at farmers markets for a very long time, where people have more of a relationship, like you said, to the farmer and to the food. I think that's becoming more mainstream, and that's really important because that will drive trends further upstream, so that the farmer who has some ugly fruit that's perfectly edible and delicious will have a new market now to bring that that food to. That's great. And Jose, what are we? What can we do as a community to support more programs locally? Yeah, well, I mean, I think just get involved and get engaged. You know, I think we're seeing a turning of the tide here with folks really uh, being involved and being advocates in their community for food justice. I mean, it's something that affects us all. Um, and just really connect with even um, the work that LA Food Policy Council is doing. Uh, come down to St. Francis Center, get engaged and volunteer and see what we're doing with the food that we're rescuing. Um, just play a role and get more engaged in, in how, um, you know, we can all play a role. Because it's something that um, we can support causes and organizations that are doing the work, but we can also do the work ourselves, right, at home, in our families, in our schools, in our workplace. Um, so it's really uh, a movement. And uh, I think the more that we see the momentum build, uh, the more change and the more uh, examples that we're going to be able to share of, of just good work being done and being a model for you know other places in the nation to, to copy. So. Another exciting opportunity that we've seen over the last 10 years is just so much interest in creating community food systems. So, um, you know, beyond food banks and other hunger relief sites, growing our own food in our communities, mm -hmm. um, produce swaps among neighbors. You know, there's so many fruit trees all across LA. I mean, this is this used to be the center of agriculture in the nation, not even a couple generations ago. Um, that the remnants of that are still around, and I think the interest in growing food, urban agriculture, um, farmers markets, and community serving community based food businesses. I mean, in um, in the culinary world, we see a lot of activism, a real concern for justice and equity. Um, I have to pay some homage to Anthony Bourdain, who we lost, um, but his contributions to creating a food culture where we have that connection to people, to each other, that we learn uh, sort of radical empathy, right, where we learn to see each other in a new way through food, um, I think it is deserving of recognition. And I think that really speaks to the, the heart of the food movement itself. So um, before we wrap up today, I want to uh, have both of you tell our, our listeners how they can find out more information about both of your organizations. And also, uh, Claire, we were talking about getting more connected. The LA Food Policy Council has a food recovery guide. So if you can mention that as well. Oh, yes. We have a, a food recovery guide for Los Angeles County. We created that specifically to facilitate more partnerships between policymakers, waste haulers, and food recovery organizations ahead of the new waste system. It's available online, and it essentially offers an overview of who's doing what around food recovery, um, as well as community composting and food waste prevention programs across the entire county. We're going to be updating it soon, actually, because what we're seeing is so many new organizations and initiatives coming online. And and folks can connect to us um, online, goodfoodla.org. Great. And St. Francis Center. Yeah, I welcome anyone who wants to come down and get engaged and involved. We welcome them to come volunteer, take a tour, uh, see what we're doing. You can uh, follow us on any social media outlet, St. Francis Center LA uh, or sfcla.org. Uh, come down and get involved and get engaged. And uh, I think it's a it's a great thing because, uh, especially at our organization, you know, we're not a big facility, although we're trying to build some capacity and work on some big things in the coming years. But there's something special about that intimate space where people can really connect with the community, with the cause, and really be a part of uh, good work going on in this uh, great city. 
This is so exciting. I love this. Well, thank you to you both. You have been listening to Eco Justice Radio on 90.7 KPFK. And our guests today were Claire Fox of LA Food Policy Council and Jose Ramirez of St. Francis Center. And that is it for our show. Thank you for tuning in to Eco Justice Radio here on 90.7 KPFK. I want to thank Claire and Jose for coming onto the show. Eco Justice Radio is brought to you by SoCal 350 and KPFK. Executive producer Mark Morris, interview hosted by Jessica Aldridge, and original music by Javier Cadre. My name is JP Morris, and until next time, remember the power is yours. Eco Justice Radio.